Well, good morning, Life Church Livonia. It's so good to be with you today. And if we have not had the opportunity to meet, I'm Donald Johnson, and I serve as the lead pastor for Life Church Auburn Hills. We're family, and it is a joy to be able to worship together. I have a question for you all. How many of you know that life is hard? Just, just in general, um, life brings its own ups and downs, and life can be really, really hard. And how many of you all would agree that there are times that because of silly choices and foolish decisions, we make life even harder? Think about it. Don't you wish that life sometimes had this undo button, that when you've done something, you can actually press that button and you get a do-over, I know I've had. I, I really wish that there's this undo button. I have made my share of foolish decisions and mistakes. And I've even tried to justify some of those decisions by bringing faith in, you know, biting off more than I could chew and then saying, well, the Lord will make a way somehow, hallelujah. He supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. Yeah, well, if you're in debt, if you're in a hole, the first thing to do is to stop digging, right? And I've, being honest, I have made uh, bad decisions even though I had good intentions. And not only good intentions, but I've had good information and still made bad decisions. You would think that if you had enough information, that's all you need, right? But this is the information age. And based on that logic, um, knowing that we have more information available to us than we could ever use. And based on that logic, you would think that this world would be doing so much better. But we all know that's not true. So it's something more than just information that we need. Listen to this scripture. This is the prudent. See danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. The prudent, the wise, see danger. First of all, they see it. They're able to see it. Sometimes we don't even see things coming, but he says the wise, they see danger and they respond to it. They, they, they take refuge. It says, but the simple, they just keep on going. Just think about it. How many times have we been in conversations and we knew if we kept going, if we kept talking based on how things were headed, there's going to be some problems. You're in your relationship. If those of you who are married or any other relationship, you know where that conversation is going. And Holy Spirit is saying, nah, shh, be quiet, don't say that. And you got to say this one last word and that'll be the word that blows up everything. We keep going and we pay the price. Those of us who have uh, our work-life balance is out of whack. If we keep going, we're gonna pay a price. Some of us with our diet, the way we're eating, we know it is causing problems. And if we keep going, we're gonna to have to pay a price. And even for those that are dealing with anger, it's okay to be angry, but scripture tells us not to sin. 
It's okay. It's okay to have anger. What's not okay is for anger to have us, to, for anger to be eating us. And if we keep going like that, we're going to have some problems. Some of us are just spending when it comes to our finances or not even giving. If we keep going, we will have to pay a price. And some of you are living in ways that you know that if you keep living like this, it's going to cost you. There's a penalty. There's a penalty for not walking in wisdom. We all end up paying the price. It costs us physically, costs us financially, it costs us spiritually, emotionally, relationally. It ends up costing us. And we are kicking off this new series today. And this series is this. Life is hard. And it is harder when we're stupid. When we ignore instruction. When we ignore wisdom. It is hard. When we keep making foolish decisions. It's harder when we are stupid. And you see, friends, God desires. He desires for us to live and not just exist. He wants us to walk in wisdom and not be stuck in regret. And if we are to live well, if we are to live like God desires for us to live, then brothers and sisters, we, we all, we need wisdom. So in this series, we're going to be studying the book of Proverbs. In this book, there are treasures of wisdom to help us navigate life's pitfalls and potholes. This right in this book, we'll be able to see just various things that we can just add and and live and again avoid some common mistakes. Things about dealing with pride and, and walking in humility, our motivation about laziness and just life in general, uh, finances, temptation, our emotions, sex, our speech. How many of you your mouth have got you in a lot of trouble? I'm raising my hand first. Our speech, matters of justice, and even matters of, of parenting, how to parent well. God has given us these practical truths, this treasure that he has for us. And he's inviting us to listen and learn, to live a life that both honors him and also others. And he gave this wisdom to Solomon. In the book of Proverbs, he's the main author. He's not the only author. But in the book of uh, Proverbs, we will be able to see God sharing this divine wisdom. This wisdom that is a gift actually from God to Solomon. And if you want to read more about uh, Solomon and, and this gift of wisdom, you can go to 1 Kings 3 verses 5 through 15. And it talks about how people came from all over the world to see the wisdom that God had invested in this man. And we have it before us today. And throughout the series, we're gonna be diving in and learning. So I'm encouraging you to lean in, to incline your ears, to, to allow your ears to perk up and your heart to be open so you can hear what God wants to say. Let's take a moment and pray, and then we're gonna dive right in. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are. Thank you for this moment. We thank you for those who are listening today and those who will even listen 
in the future. Thank you for loving us so much that you would preserve, Lord, this message, this these words, these sayings for us to see, to hear, to listen, to learn in this day that we're living in right now. We're asking that you would open our eyes so we can see what it is you're doing. Lord, open our ears so we can hear exactly what you're saying and open our hearts so we can receive your truth and be transformed. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's dig into this treasure that we have into the text. This is Solomon. It says the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. And here's the purpose statement. This is why he's sharing this information. For gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right, just, and fair. He said, I'm sharing this with you all so you can gain wisdom, so you can have instruction to build your life. The recipe for living well. He's saying, I'm sharing it so you can understand words of divine insight and put these in practice so you can live lives that are filled with wisdom and impact your action. Doing what is right, just, and fair. Solomon begins to address his audience and listen what he says, for giving prudence to those who are simple. This is who he's talking to, those who are simple, those who are naive. You may not be as good at making decisions. He says, I'm sharing this with you so you can have prudence, wise living, wise actions. And then not only for the simple, but he says, knowledge and discretion for the young. So young people, make some noise. He's talking to you. He's saying, I want to help you as well to have knowledge and discretion. And I've always said, you know, it's one thing to learn from your mistakes, but I think it's so much better to learn from the mistakes of others. Listen to what he says. Not only to the young, he says, I'm addressing this to those who are wise, those who are already wise. Let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance. Let those who are discerning, who have sound judgment, you still can learn. You still can lean in and get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables and sayings and riddles of the wise. He says, listen, this treasure is before you. I'm laying this out. As a father caring for his child, I'm giving this insight to you so you can learn to live well. And then it seems like uh, verse 7, which we'll turn in just a moment, it seemed like he just presses pause for station identification. And he said, this is the foundation. This is the beginning point. Listen to what he says here. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. He says, but fools, they despise wisdom. Fools say whatever. Despise wisdom and instructions. Proverbs 1, verse 7. He's saying the fear of the Lord. This is the starting point. This is, is, this is the entrance gate. 
to fear God. But what is he saying? What does he really mean about the fear of God? And see, this is what I, I want to talk to you about today. What is the fear of the Lord? What does it look like in practice? And how can we, how can we fully embrace the fear of the Lord? So let's deal with that. What is the fear of the Lord? My mind goes back to 514 East Baker in Flint, Michigan. I was born and raised in Flint. And I remember there were times when my mom or dad would give me instructions and for my brothers and sisters. And I would go and tell my brothers and sisters but I would leave out an important detail. So I would go to them and say, clean up your room. Because I was feeling myself. Clean up your room. Take out the trash. Or whatever. Whatever the instruction was. I would tell them. And it's funny because they would look at me like, uh, who do you think you are? Who in the world do you think you are? In fact, why don't you clean up your room? See, the important detail that I left out was mama, you know what, mama said. Mama said, clean up your room. Because here, here's the thing. When you realize the one who said it, it changes how you respond to what they said. When it was just me telling them um, to do something, it did not have the same weight. But when I said mama said, they knew mom was a person or dad is a person of authority. They knew that mom had the power to kill both. No. Or destroy. No, no, no. That's God. But they knew that she was a person of authority. And out of respect, out of awe, they knew that they needed to respond because mom or dad meant what they said. And the reason I'm bringing this up, as I mentioned before, when you realize who it is who's speaking, then you respond different to what they said. And see, in Exodus, we see God actually getting ready to deliver his people from oppression the oppression of Egypt, and he introduced himself to Moses. God introduced himself to Moses, and, and he's telling Moses, Moses, I am about to move. I'm about to do something for my people. And Moses is like, yes, yes, hallelujah, thank God, yes. And, Moses, and God said, Moses, I'm going to use you. And Moses is like, oh, wait a minute. He said, in fact, I want you to go. And let them know that I've heard their prayer. I've heard their cries. And I'm about to do something. And Moses is like, who should I say sent me? And he says to tell them I am. And he also takes that same message to Pharaoh. And tells Pharaoh, God said, let my people go. The Lord. The Lord said, let my people go. Listen how Pharaoh responds similar to how our brothers responded when they didn't know who that message came from. Listen what Pharaoh says. Who is the Lord? Who is the Lord 
that I should obey him and let Israel go. Who, who does he think he is? Who is this Lord dude? <laughs> he says, I don't know the Lord and I will not let Israel go. This is Exodus 5, 2. Well, Pharaoh in his own mind, he's the ruler. He's God. He's on the, he's on the top. Advanced civilization. He is the ruler. And you coming to me telling me that some Lord told me to let these people go? You want to disrupt my economy? And actually, it made matters worse in the beginning for Israel. But what God was doing, and this term, the Lord, the proper name, the Hebrew name for the God of the Bible is Yahweh. And what Yahweh was doing, he said, I am going to make you myself known to Israel. I'm going to make myself known to Pharaoh and Egypt and to all the people of the earth. Moses, he said, tell them, tell him I am. And even more dynamic, I will be what or who I will be. That, would, that is what Yahweh means. I am the self-existing one. I am God Almighty. I am God who has no beginning and no end. I am God eternal. I have all power in my hand. You look at people looking at the sun. They worship the sun, the moon. I am God over the sun, God over the moon. And sometimes we even ask the question, where did God come from? And when we ask that question, it, it, it's, it's a, a warped understanding of who God is. Because anytime you ask a question, where did he come from? Then if he came from anything, then whatever he came from will be greater than him. I hope you heard that. If he came from anything, what he came from is greater. But Yahweh is saying, no, I'm the beginning eternal. Everything that exists came from me. I'm God, all powerful, all knowing. He is God. He is holy. There is no other being, no creature like him. He's God of the universe, the Lord, Yahweh. And this is who he was trying to reveal who's not just trying, but he revealed to Israel and Egypt, to Pharaoh and to the world. I'm God. Israel, brothers and sisters, even now, all we have to do is breathe. And he said, you can remember who I am because I put that breath in your body. The psalmist says like this, he said, what is it? What was it? The sea that caused you to flee Jordan, that you would fall back. Mountains, you, you, you would leap like rams. And you hills, you skip like lambs. You, what is it? He said, tremble at the presence. It's the presence of God. This all-powerful God. This all-knowing God. This eternal God. This is who he is. And see, the fear of the Lord is the beginning, understanding who he is, knowing that he's a promise keeper, knowing that he's God, 
righteous judge. He's introducing himself. I am a liberator. I am a God of justice. In fact, I know I've heard your cry. I know your pain and I'm God and I'm going to step into your pain. This is the God we serve. So what does it really mean to fear the Lord? It means to honor him, to be in awe that he's so amazing, so mighty beyond description. (laughs) That which is to be known of God, he's revealed to us. And that he wants a personal relationship with each and every one of us. And so it is to have reverence for this God, knowing that he's holy. So what is the fear of the Lord? It's not necessarily the terror and, and being afraid of God, but is honoring him, standing in awe of his magnificence and having reverence. And this is the God who is sharing his truth with us. The God who only desires good for you and I. So what does it look like? How does this look in practice? Let's let's read what Moses shared later after the children of Israel were delivered when they had no power at all, no military might. No political influence and God delivered them. This is what it looks like in practice. He says, and now Israel, he's pleading. What does the Lord your God ask you but to fear the Lord your God? To walk in obedience with him or to him. To, listen, fear. Walk in obedience to obey what he says, knowing that he has your best interests at heart, to walk in obedience to him, to love him, to love him, not to run away and be afraid, but to love, to be in relationship with him. In fact, Jesus would later say that if you love, you would obey. You would follow his commandment, his commandments to love each other. This sacrificial love for the other. This is what he's inviting us to. If you to love him, and he says, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, not halfway, but with everything that you have. He said, This is what it means to fear the Lord. And to observe, he said, the Lord's commands and decrees. He said, I'm giving you today. The reason he's sharing this information, the reason God is sharing this in, these instructions with you today, he said, for your good. He only desires good for you. We'll pick back on that in a moment. But what, is it, what does it mean to put it in practice? What does it look like? is to obey him, to love him, and to serve him, to work, to serve him, to to work, to orient your lives toward him, to obey, uh, to to live a God-centered life, to examine your life through God's lens. This is the fear of God. 
This is the beginning of instruction, the, the beginning of knowledge, the beginning of wisdom, that we begin to orient our lives to what God says, knowing who he is. Uh, honoring him in awe and reverence, we begin to respond with obedience, with love, and with service, knowing that we, that God is calling us not to take what he says as an option or a suggestion, but he knows what's best. He's God. He's Yahweh. He's the Lord. There's no evil in him. There's no darkness in him at all. He only desires that which is good. Let's look at a couple of scriptures that expand on this truth of the fear of the Lord. He says, to fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and perverse speech, Proverbs 8, 13. I hate pride and arrogance. Those things destroy relationships. They destroy relationships. And he says to fear God is to, is to get rid of, to hate evil, to put that aside. Even when the evil is within us. Again, we don't try to take God's word and change it to fit our lives. But what we do is to adjust our lives to align them with what God says. That's what it means to walk in the fear of the Lord. The next scripture says this, whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress and for their children, it will be a refuge. Not only for you, when you honor God, when you're in awe of who he is, when you reverence him, it builds a fortress, a secure fortress, not only for you, but for your children. This is multi-generational. It's a refuge. I'm so glad that my parents laid that foundation that I had a praying grandmother. And my parents laid a foundation for us. Growing up in the inner city kept us out of a lot of trouble, a lot of danger that we were being invited to. That was all around us. I'm so grateful. It was a fortress. And for the children is a refuge. And I'm so thankful to God that because of what they did, I now can lay a foundation of honoring God, fearing God. Reverencing God, keeping God in awe, worshiping him, praising him for who he is and the fact that he wants to be in relationship with me for my children. And they're able to pass it on to their their children. It says the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, turning a person from the snares of death. There's an enemy of our soul. The scripture tells us his desire is to kill, steal, and destroy. But God is saying that I come. Jesus said, I come that you might have life. He is the embodiment of, of God. through wisdom. He's God in flesh. And God created all things through him. The power of his word. 
So everything created was created in wisdom. We study it. We call it science in its purest sense. But he's saying the fear of the Lord is the foundation or the fountain of life. Life springs from us honoring God. Keep him in awe and reverencing him. And it keeps us from the traps of the enemy of our soul. This next verse is through love and faithfulness. Sin is atoned for through the fear of the Lord. Evil again is avoided. You want to avoid life's pitfalls and potholes and the enemy's trap. It is to fear the Lord. It's to see him as he is. To know he's holy. To know he's unique. There's not another being like him. It is through the fear of the Lord that we can continue to avoid evil. God, he desires good for us. Why, why is it that we won't? Sometimes it's hard for us to listen, knowing that all he wants for us is good. It kind of reminds me of my parents. My dad used to tell me, he says, son, he said, there's a wall that I can see over that you cannot see yet. And I'm sharing these instructions so you can avoid the trouble. And I'm being goofy. Thought I knew what I knew. I don't see a wall. I don't know what you're talking about. But my father was saying, I'm trying to get you to avoid. I only want good for you. And if you listen, if you learn, you can avoid the traps of the enemy. Listen to this passage, Isaiah 33, 5. It says, the Lord is exalted because our Heavenly Father, again, he has only good intentions for you, the best intentions. The Lord is exalted. He's holy and he dwells on high. He will fill Zion with justice and righteousness. Through his presence, he's going to fill the earth with justice and righteousness. His community, his, what he calls his people, his believers, will be filled with justice and righteousness. He will be the sure foundation for your times. He's the sure foundation for our times we're living in right now. And brothers and sisters, we are living in perilous times. Paul mentioned that thousands of years ago. I'm telling you right now, we are living in perilous times, but he said he will be a sure foundation in your times, in the times that we're living in right now, the foundation. A rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. The fear, listen to this, the fear of the Lord is the key. The fear of the Lord is, is the key to this treasure. The key to this treasure is the fear of God. The beginning of knowledge. If you want to access this treasure, this rich store of, of salvation, God is a God of deliverance. He doesn't want you trapped. He doesn't want you locked in habits. He, don't you, he doesn't want you carrying around all these heavy burdens. He's in the key to this treasure, brothers and sisters. Is the fear of God. And there's salvation, there's wisdom, 
And there's knowledge, there's true knowledge that comes from God. How can we fully embrace this fear of the Lord? We'll share this and then we'll close. This is how we can embrace, fully embrace the fear of the Lord. Chapter 2, verse 1, he says, My son, Solomon is entreating us to lean in. He said, If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, accept my words. Hear what I'm saying. God has given me wisdom. I'm sharing that wisdom. If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turn your ear to wisdom. And then he says to apply your heart to understanding. Apply your heart. Indeed, he says, if you call out, call out for insight. Call for insight, pray for insight, and cry aloud for understanding. And then he says, if you look for it as silver and search for it as a hidden treasure, search, look for it, search for it. Orient your efforts into the wisdom of God. Dig into his word. Climb your ears, apply your heart, tune your ears, call for insight, cry aloud, he says, for understanding. He said, then you will understand. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord. You will understand. This is how you embrace it. When you do that, when you earnestly seek God, you will understand the fear of the Lord. And then he says, and then find the knowledge of God that God in his grace is sharing for us so that we can live in this earth well, live in this broken world well. He said, I'm sharing this with you. For the Lord, he gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Because again, God is, is, he just doesn't have wisdom. He is wisdom. Anytime he opens his mouth, is wisdom that comes out through his word. There's wisdom, that there's truth in there that we can apply to our lives and be transformed by the power of his Holy Spirit. He's inviting us into that. His mouth comes knowledge and understanding. So in summary, this is what he's saying. He said, open your heart. And this is what I encourage you today. Open your heart. When you read back over those verses, chapter two, verses one through six, this is what he's saying. Open your heart. Open your mind. Accept my words and, and begin to build your life. Store them in your mind. Build your life around what God is saying, open your ears, listen and apply. There are, there's so much noise out there, brothers and sisters, so much noise. God is saying, please listen to what I'm saying. Not, not, you're, anytime your emotions, your feelings are pulling you in a different way that God says, then we have to not go with our feelings. 
but lean to his word. Listen, apply. Then he says, open your mouth. Open your mouth today and ask. James, half-brother of Jesus, he, he writes this. He said, if you lack wisdom, if you're void of wisdom, ask of God. He said, just ask. He gives liberally. He, he will just give wisdom. He doesn't hold back wisdom because he wants you to prosper. He said, just ask. He won't shame you because you don't know. Ask. Just ask. And cry out in your prayer, God, help me. Give me wisdom in this situation. Before I make another decision, before I make another move, give me wisdom today. In this relationship, give me wisdom. The situations that I'm dealing with right now, so I won't get entrapped and snared, get stuck. Feeling regret. God, give me wisdom right now what I'm facing. Before I make that post, before I make that call. Give me wisdom. Cry out for it. And he says, open your eyes. Be proactive. Open your eyes to have a desire for it. Search for it like treasure. Because life is hard. Brothers and sisters, life is hard, and it's just so much harder, so much harder when we ignore truth, when we ignore the treasures of wisdom that God has provided for us. It's harder, we say this in jest, but it's harder when we're stupid, when we're walking in our own ways, being wise in our own conceit. But no, don't be wise in our own wisdom. But he says to fear God. That is the beginning of knowledge. So before I pray, I want to speak to you who may have not yet trusted in God. You've, you may have not put your confidence in the God of the scripture, the God of the Bible who revealed himself in Jesus, who hung up for our hangups. And we said we would always have a community of real people. Because we're not talking about being perfect. Real people. But connecting them to a real God. To experience real life. The life that Jesus actually died and rose for. That he's given you, had all power in his hand and said, but I want to give you power to live right now in this moment. I'm encouraging you to trust him. To, to say, hey, the way I've lived life, I've lived by my own wisdom. And you see the trouble that is gotten you into you see how it made life so much harder and some of you have who have walked away because you made a choice you know you, you were offended or hurt you thought God should have did something that he did not do truth of the matter is brothers and sisters you're still here right now in this moment with breath in your body God is not through with you and there's something even in that terrible situation that he will take those ashes and bring beauty out of. I'm asking you to return back to him and repent, to change, to, to acknowledge that God, you're God, I'm not. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being so, being you, being God, being Yahweh. 
Jesus, Pini Emmanuel, God with us, Savior, Jesus Christ, the anointed one, that we can call on your name, even in this moment, and be saved. Thank you for the wisdom you provide in Scripture. I pray right now for those who are placing their trust in you for the first time, that they would open their eyes and heart and mind, and Lord, and receive you as Lord. To say, Jesus, I give you my life. Forgive me of doing life my way. I give you my life. Give me the power to obey you. To serve you. To love you, Lord. And Father, we pray for this community, Life Church Livonia. Lord, that you continue to do your work in and through their lives. Lord, that they would be a committed group, Lord, that will follow what you say, that would walk in the fear of God so you can do amazing things in and through their lives. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. I love you. Have an amazing day.